I'm Taffer. And I'm Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah. We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the Indigenous communities of that area. Today we're wrapping up our graphic novel March, and I have got to say, um, I'm I'm convinced. I am I am brought over fully to the side of the graphic novel. I have enjoyed this so much. They're good. I have, <laughs> I have also enjoyed it, and I've been like slowly getting into graphic novels a little bit. I uh, like through my partner over the last couple of years. They're also they feel like very good things to be reading right now when like all of our brains are just entirely overwhelmed with everything mm-hmm. um and this 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 collection that we read this week particularly because it is just so good and sweet and gentle and say it Bailey. like say just it. entirely lovely and and what are you gonna so- call it it's so good and tender (laughs) there we go there it is (laughs) i wasn't even gonna say it but but it it has earned it has earned the word so (laughs) i'm just gonna bully you into it (laughs) so what what is tender you ask uh this week we were reading heartstopper by alice osman this one um stopped my heart (laughs) <laughs> I mean, really, like this is, oof, it's the story of uh, Charlie and Nick, two boys who go to school together. They live in Britain, which is, you know, it's very charmingly um, demonstrated. I mean, I suppose for people who live in Britain, it's just familiar. But for me, an outsider, it was very charming. <laughs> Charlie is, is gay and out and a little a little anxious wreck who I relate to strongly and Nick is a nice rugby lad who Charlie thinks is straight and then we go from there spoilers he's not he might (laughs) also also Nick is like the purest sweetest himbo to ever himbo so look I gotta yeah (laughs) I gotta tell you, I think one of the reasons that this one, like, won me over from the get-go is that they remind me of me and my partner, especially early in our relationship. Like That's fair. The dynamic between them, the, like, small neurotic partner <laughs> and the big reassuring partner. I mean, not that, you know, we both got have our, our share of the mental illness, but, but so do they. They just demonstrate it differently. Um, mm-hmm. And there was just very much something about the dynamic early in their relationship that's really similar to the dynamic early in our relationship. So oh, I definitely definitely had a little just like we're like coming up on our fifth anniversary i'm feeling very like nostalgic and and lovey um Mm -hmm. and i liked that i think so i read the full web comic because it exists as a web Mm -hmm. comic and it has also been published as books 
Um, and I read the whole webcomic because of availability, but I mm-hmm. like could not put it down and got completely up to date on it. Bailey has read yeah. the first three volumes. Yeah, I've been reading it in print. And so, yeah, I have read the first three volumes, need to obtain the fourth. But yeah, so so Teffer's slightly ahead in the story than I am. But we're going to, because this is also being made a Netflix series and because it's also widely available because it's a webcomic and also extremely good we're gonna try to avoid spoiling it too much yeah we're gonna try to talk about it in a way that if you have read it you get it and if you have Mm -hmm. not read it you want to read it and not not spoil any of the big secrets so they meet charlie starts playing rugby on nick's team we get a nice like crushing on the sports field which you know i like i have talked about that before (laughs) when we did you um, do the the passing playbook i just like a good a good gay sports romance um Mm -hmm. and i feel like this one's a little bit like i mean you get gay sports romances but i feel like you get lesbian sport romances more than than boy sport romances so yeah i think i've just read a lot of sports books putting a heavy homoerotic gloss on them maybe fair (laughs) i i went through like i've gone through like real real sports book well, no, because we just read. Um, we've actually had a lot of gay sports books lately. Because um, fair, yeah, there was. Uh, what was it called? The one with with the basketball with the bi kid and um. Who fell I think it might not have been on that episode. You weren't, you weren't. I'm looking it up, but it's a really good book. So we had the passing playbook, which is mm-hmm. a gay sports romance. Things we couldn't say by Jay Coles, also a sports romance. Also a gay, specifically like boys sports romance. So that's fun. That's fun. We've actually had we've mm-hmm. actually done a lot. I'm looking over it. We've done a lot of gay boy romance this year. And I'm really happy. That's about good. That. I like that. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like in this new kind of wave of stories about gay boys, we've been seeing like a lot of diversity and mm-hmm. also just a lot of like emotional intelligence and development. And I feel like a lot of older gay YA books are really colored by toxic masculinity and by guys not being able to talk to each other because they don't know how to talk about their feelings and and Mm -hmm. sort of this really unfortunate equation that i think our generation was raised with of like for boys love equals violence where there's like Mm -hmm. bullying and unkindness and i think we've just there's been so much progress in books since we were since i was reading gay books covertly in the library um (laughs) and it's it's really 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 nice to see that development because overall Mm -hmm. i would say in this storyline this is an experience i think i have talked about several times on the podcast because i've had this experience several times this year of reading a book that's a romance between two characters and I'm waiting for the like formulaic blow up where they get in a fight yeah. over a miscommunication because that's been like part of the romance formula for such a long time and they, yeah. and it doesn't happen and this keeps happening in recent release books where they just go well actually we could avoid this by having a conversation so maybe mm-hmm. we're going to be mad at each other for a day or two and then talk about it and it's like so refreshing and it soothes my anxious little heart especially when i care about the characters as much as i care about charlie and nick yeah this was that was one of the big things i wanted to bring up about that i love about this series is um like so i have been through three full volumes so far and i love that that she carries the romance forward and the story forward without um 
without there being these big fights and breakups and like huge blowout conflicts because usually if you were to have a serial romance in of three volumes the characters have broken up like at least twice yeah probably more and and so i really really like that she is finding like other ways to like other things to explore and and that the story is really about sort of like deepening their relationship with each other and deepening their understanding of themselves and helping one another work through problems rather than just centering around relationship conflict which is usually usually how relationship stories move themselves forward and i yeah i just i love that so much i think it it kind of comes back to this like it's reminding me of what i was saying earlier about like how gay romances used to kind of equate love with violence where like there has been this assumption for so long that for a romance to be interesting there has to be conflict and this is something like if you're learning to write this gets hammered into you like there has to be a conflict right Mm -hmm. and when you're writing romance it's like well obviously the conflict should be through between these two characters. Um, but it's really nice to see this this demonstration that a relationship can be stable and grounded and the story can still be interesting. You know, like the mm-hmm. story can be the things that happen to them as a couple and how they support each other and how they figure things out and how they communicate. It's much gentler and it's much more kind of like... Um, I'm thinking of, like, difference between, like, a jump stare, scare and a psychological thriller, but, like, <laughs> in a romance way, you know? It's, like, slower burning, but still mm-hmm. inter- like super, super, super engaging. Um, yeah. I also adore all of the B-plots because there are a bunch... Yeah, there's a lot of good B-plots. A bunch of B-plot relationships that also model, like, different different looking really beautiful healthy relationships and um Mm -hmm. that kind of adds this other dimension so it's not just a story about this one couple it's this story about relationships in general and navigating them and finding people um yeah and with like a beautiful diverse cast of characters and it's just like Mm -hmm. it's it's really nice yeah yeah it's it's very very wonderful yeah, like the conflict comes from other places and the tension comes from other places and we don't have to have like fighting and distress. And I'm thinking particularly in, I think there's a long tradition in queer stories for um, there to be conflict around coming out. And, um, you know, like, like the classic queer story um, from the, like this is a little bit older, but like it's still we see this trope a lot. Is um, you know like one of one of the characters is not out or reluctant to come out or whatever, and then that drives a wedge between the couple. And I really really love that we have this story about two people who are at very, very different places in their journey of self discovery in their coming out process, um, and in so many other stories we would see that be something that drives them apart um and instead we see an exploration of how they are able to work through it together and support one another and it's it's just like very good really like that is one of the first points in the book where i thought like my my little alarm bells started going off and i thought oh like Mm -hmm. with charlie's history with this this is going to be a problem and when it 
wasn't and just everybody was being loving and extending grace to each other it was like oh well this is a different kind of story and Mm -hmm. I I find it so reassuring because like I well you know you and I both have strong Libra placements you are a Libra stellium right yeah so yeah does that mean (laughs) more than three 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 or more three or more yeah yeah so um Conflict averse, uh, kind way to say it is peacemakers, uh, but the way I usually see it is like a, a cat who just like cannot stand any disturbance in my environment without hiding under furniture. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> include- so, so our cat, the cat that... Uh- yes, I love your cat. She is the most beautiful and perfect cat. My With cat. no offense to any of the other cats I love. She is the most beautiful and perfect cat. Um, Sylvie, if you're listening, I love you too. I find it. this is like something that I was able to identify in myself reading this, is that even mm-hmm. reading a book... I'll be like looking for the conflict coming and getting geared up oh, and getting yeah. nervous about it. And my adrenals start pumping and I'm like, oh shit, there's going to be conflict between these two people I love. Um, and like bracing for it. Like, oh, yeah. we're probably going to break up. I have to be ready for that. Yeah. And then, um, so seeing that and, and just kind of like, it's therapeutic. Yeah. It's so therapeutic to have that sidestepped and be like, hey, conflict can be resolved in a way that isn't scary conflict Mm -hmm. can be talked through like conflict doesn't have to be conflict it can just be we're coming at this from different angles let's let's talk it through and see um and that is like i i felt that it was just like soothing my nervous system yeah absolutely it's also like vindicating is the wrong word but i am someone who has always been like like I will read books where there is you know like big like the big classic misunderstanding conflict and it's like if you just talked to each other um and the thing that people always say to me when I complained about this is well but then you know it wouldn't be interesting there wouldn't be a story and it's like no no Tefer can see I'm like I'm holding up a physical (laughs) copy of Heartstopper um like you can have really interesting and complex and engaging stories where people are treating each other well and it's really it's nice yeah honestly i think that's like maybe some of the vibe that made me feel nostalgic about this book because like Mm. If I'm going to get personal about it, the relationship (laughs) that I have been in now for for almost five years um, is, I think, the first relationship I had been in where, like, we actually talked about the things that were bothering us at the beginning. And, like, it wasn't a, like, catastrophe to disagree. It was just, like, let's let's figure this out. And, like, as... Be mm-hmm. as like a twenty six year old just being like, "What? This is like a thing that can happen." Like, I just love seeing that modeled, and I love seeing mm-hmm. that. Like, I love seeing that that is not a later in life second try relationships thing. Because I do think, like, having talked to my friends, I do feel like dating chills out a lot around thirty. Because, like, a lot of us have figured out what we want and what we have time for. A lot of us have figured out how to be happy alone. 
So mm-hmm. there's just like, it's much easier to just be like, eh, it's not really, this isn't yeah. really working for me. But like, it's so nice to see that that is maybe not just me and my friends getting older, but also a cultural shift around how we approach yeah. relationships and how we think about relationships. And seeing that modeled, I was talking with a friend who was like, yeah, there's this 22 year old at my work who I talk with, and she is just like, so balanced and emotionally mature about relationships and it is like so nice for me to see that like youths now like actually don't have the same toxic I mean I'm sure there are youths Mm -hmm. who do but like that we're moving past that and seeing it modeled in books is such a great barometer (laughs) well it's so important because like these books aren't just like comforting for us but they're important and it's Mm -hmm. important that we're getting this content in teen books because we like i'm sure we've talked about this before like we learn we learn like what is normal and good and acceptable in relationships by modeling and a lot of people get that modeling from fiction and so if the only romance we see is you know people just blowing up at each other constantly and that is and it's like that is set as like the good standard then that teaches us that that's what healthy relationships look like or that's like the best that relationships can be and so it's so yeah yeah it's so valuable that we have these other models that are teaching both us in our 30s and and the kids today that like that there are better and kinder and more like whole models of relating that we can strive towards and I've been thinking a lot about how like um like I feel like when we were teenagers there was this idea that if there wasn't like intense jealousy in a relationship something was wrong or like oh like your partner doesn't care when you spend time with other people or like your partner mm-hmm. isn't jealous of your exes or like your partner isn't like wanting to spend every single minute of the day something's wrong and like I'm sure there are a bunch of other examples of just like misidentifying a thing that is not a good thing in a relationship as something to strive for in a relationship and yeah. almost like a pathologization of healthy relationship <laughs> habits yeah like well I think the pinnacle of this is like the Edward Cullen yeah <laughs> phenomenon and hey! the twilight craze and like we stalking is romantic <laughs> like we don't need to go into it but i yeah, mean we can like... go into it i'm always happy to talk about twilight um <laughs> but no absolutely like this idea that like even okay Mm-hmm. neither edward nor jacob model healthy relationships i'm just gonna start no. off by saying this. neither of them model healthy relationship <laughs> habits however jacob no, no, is no, the no. one who gets closest of bella's yes. love interests and before jacob gets horribly toxically jealous and weird um mm-hmm. he is actually a good positive supportive person in Bella's Mm -hmm. life and what we get from that the message that we are supposed to take from that is well Jacob is a nice friend but Edward's actually romantic Mm -hmm. because how can there be romance if you don't want to die so like I'm not really surprised that our generation has been taking a really long time to figure out relationships how to be healthy in relationships yeah (laughs) and then but that's the thing like as soon as jacob becomes a quote-unquote serious romantic interest that is when he becomes terrible 
Yeah. Because in yeah. order to be a serious romantic relationship, you have to treat the person like shit. Because that's what we all want. Well, you have to be, like, obsessed with them as, like, an object to obtain, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's the possessiveness. It's like, I want to add you to yeah. my collection. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm really glad that that is no longer what we are showing teenagers. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad that, like, I just think there's, like, a much healthier environment where, like, Mm-hmm. And we see this. I'm not going to go too far into it because you're not this far, but like we actually see in in the later progression of this story, some very good modeling around like putting your own oxygen mask on first and reaching mm-hmm. out for help when somebody's in a crisis and like understanding. Like we see some top notch parenting um, and a lot of just like, hey. I know you really, really, really love this person, but that doesn't mean that you can be every single thing for this person. And that is okay. It's okay to say, I can't be this for you, even though I love you to pieces. Um, And I just Mm -hmm. loved seeing that, like, yes, and. (laughs) That, like... like, That's wonderful. Yes, you love your your partner very, very much. And this is not your job. This is somebody else's job. Yeah. Because, like, that's another yeah. really interesting place you can go when you have a healthy relationship continuing of, like, this point of... Because mm-hmm. I think everybody hits this point a little ways into a relationship of, okay, now we need to diversify our social groups a little bit and diversify our mm-hmm. interests a little bit and make sure we're not becoming this, like, codependent binary star system <laughs> that excludes yeah. everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm not that far, obviously, but that was, I was thinking about like, I love how this book does model like community around people. And like, I feel like another, we're, this is turning into us just really like contrasting this with like <laughs> very classic models of romance. But that's really but I think while, it's, I think. Yeah. I think there's some really interesting parallels. And one of them is like, I feel like a hallmark of a lot of both YA romances and like a lot of rom-coms is um, basically by the absence, we get the impression that like the main character like doesn't really have any other close relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Like often the main characters in romances don't really have a solid friend group. Often there's like family conflict or distance and coming to a new relationship from a place of like I don't really care about anybody and now you are the one person I care about is not healthy oh my god which is such a red flag like I feel like that Mm -hmm. definitely the idea of like I don't care about anybody but I care about you has been like so shoved down our throats as this ideal of interest of of romance Um, Mm -hmm. that is actually a big fucking red flag and often the way abusers start love bombing so like yikes yeah no and so i love that like we get like charlie and nick like both have friends and there's this community around them and we get to see like the family life and i feel like we've been getting that more and more we talk about this a lot in the ya books of like we love that we get to see more and more like people's families and or chosen families or both. And I think it's, it's really important to this portrayal of, of, of romantic relationships as being one part of like 
the sort of full like life of relating yeah. of these characters. Yeah, absolutely. I like that like mm-hmm. they have their their distinct friend groups and they don't necessarily like there's a lot of kind of navigating the friend groups. Like they have different friend mm-hmm. groups and they're both involved in each other's friend groups in different ways. And yeah. like we get to see a lot of like community negotiating and a lot of like boundary yeah. setting and like um I mean part of that of course we haven't talked about coming out at all and we should probably well we talked mm-hmm. about it briefly but we should probably talk a about little, coming out. Yeah. Um but we have mm-hmm. Nick's coming out process with his friends and with himself and with his family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. And like, just kind of good. like seeing all of that community negotiating friend group negotiating We've talked a lot recently about like like healthy friend groups and unhealthy friend groups mm-hmm. and also just like friend groups that work for you, friend groups that don't. Like we see a little bit of that. Yeah. Of like both levels of that, both unhealthy and also just mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't know. And it's really, really, really nice to see. It's really good. Yeah. It's a very good, it's a very good uh, series. Um, It is. I really, I feel like I keep saying this this month, but this one charmed me so thoroughly. Um, <laughs> Graphic novels are charming. I I think, you know, I'm thinking back. I'm thinking about PETA in The Hunger Games. I'm thinking about um, when we read Bloom, there was another character like this. Uh, I think mm, I just yes. really like a nice big soft blonde himbo who just like wants to be kind to people like yeah. on a personal level very deeply and also just I love seeing it like I love I love mm-hmm. I love it and it's I have a soft spot this is the fun thing about this whole project is that I have been identifying there are just like certain little things where like if it's in a book I'm there I'm just yeah. like yeah absolutely I'm in I'm in we are seeing like a nice <laughs> big blonde himbo who just wants to make food for his loved ones absolutely i am in. i am there i am committed <laughs> also i'm gonna dare say that the blonde part is not actually necessary because you are projecting this back onto bloom the character that you're thinking of is not is not blonde okay so blonde bloom. is not at all necessary i believe that he is um uh, you're right he's like filipino <laughs> he's filipino <laughs> my bad so yes blonde not necessary um, blonde not necessary just big sweet himbo oh yeah make me food tuck me into bed tell me to start taking care of myself mm-hmm. uh-huh. well it feels like the you know what it feels like it feels like the like the antithesis the antithesis and like the like the like cure for this like generations of the trope of like the like hyper intellectual tall dark brooding hero it's, who is yeah. above everybody because he's smart and um it's like the anti mr rochester <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know you know who does that you know who did that 200 years ago is jane austen think about mm. willoughby and colonel brandon <laughs> Yeah, which was fair. a formative movie for me absolutely <laughs> i watched sense and sensibility over and over again the one that came out in 95 or was it 90 in my formative years know. and you know what yes 
We love a Colonel yeah. Brandon. We love Jane Austen. We are all over the place today. <laughs> Lots of textual references being pulled in. But, Do you think Jane Austen yeah. counts as YA? I think we could. I feel like it's one of those things that like we we can we could like back. I think we can make the argument. I th- I think there are, is as absolutely an argument to be made. It's a at teenage least for protagonist. Some. And a coming of age arc. Yeah. yeah. It depends. Like some of them would fall in more into new alt- adult. Like I would say Pride and Prejudice would be more like new adult. Persuasion. Definitely. Persuasion is like solidly adult. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If it just, I don't know if, if Pride and Prejudice would because I think Lizzie Bennet is 19. Oh, I thought she was like 21 or something. Maybe she is. No, I'm thinking okay. of um, Sense and Sensibility, Marianne and Eleanor are 16 and 19. Okay. Okay. At the beginning, of we the do book. not. We do not need to be worrying about how old Jane Austen character. Listen, I know our audience. <laughs> they like this shit. Yeah, they, they enjoy our digressions, or they wouldn't keep listening to. <laughs> Maybe they just hate listen. They're just like, Ugh, they're talking about Austen again. Ugh. What does that have to do with Heartstopper? I hate this, and I can't stop listening. But yeah, it's such a. It's it's a very good. It's a very good book, and it it also like represents a a trend that we're seeing in YA that is extremely good I think absolutely yeah one other thing that I did that I don't want to like leave without touching on is I also we talk about this every time but I I find Alice Osmond's art style incredibly engaging and and charming and good um it's very like simplistic in a lot of ways but it's it's very very good in the emotions I particularly love uh when when there's little like text above a character explaining the action they're doing like particularly like Nick's sister will like pop into frame with just the word in asterisks appear above her Charlie's sister Charlie's sister yeah, rather yeah. yes and yes. it's just it's, it's very good it's very it's it's really playful and fun and this is I think so mm-hmm. the last two we've read have been web comics that got made as books Yes. But were originally written as webcomics. And then we've also read a few books that were written as graphic novels. And mm-hmm. um, it's a really fun difference. I think actually Himawari House, um, for me, stylistically falls right in between. Interesting. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure it was written as a graphic novel. But, like, mm-hmm. it has a lot of manga style to it. And it feels very, mm-hmm. like, comic-y. But there's something... I find the ones that are written as... Uh, webcomics originally are like much more playful and bend the rules a lot more a little bit Mm -hmm. so you can have things like that that are little little visual shortcuts that are like cute and Mm -hmm. fun and just work really really nicely Mm -hmm. now it's getting turned into a netflix series yes and i'm i've watched the trailer i'm excited to see it um, I'm also like, you know, as I always am with adaptations, a little hesitant, but I do know the author has been very involved in the series and is like helping develop it. Oh, that's it. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we'll see. So I think it will be good. And Netflix honestly has been knocking it out of the park with young adult content lately. Although I'm True. still mad that they canceled Babysitter's Club. I cannot. Did they actually fully cancel it? They oh, fully so canceled upset. it. They fully. Uh, but you it was are, so the, good. Yeah, the showrunners are really upset about it too. Everybody's really it upset was... about it. 
Yeah. That show is important for my mental health. That show is really important, and this is Netflix kind of model of just being like, meh, I don't know. It didn't pull Squid Game numbers. We didn't promote season two at all, and then, you know, there was less watching of it. Like, I didn't Ugh. even get season two pushed to my page. I had to look Yeah, for I it. just, I think I stumbled across yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, anyway, Which is that's like, the whole thing. So, uh, hopefully, they don't get that. Season two was great. Them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I think this feels very along the lines of sex ed, which is probably kind of what they're thinking as well. Mm. And um, then sex ed has been fantastic. So I think probably they'll do a good job with this and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I was. I have also watched the trailer and I did particularly also think that um, Nick was like very well cast. Interesting. I like how Charlie was cast, but I had some quibbles with how Nick was cast. Oh, see, in my in my household, we 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 were like Nick, good, our himbo, yes, this is what he looks like, and Charlie, we were like, no, no, what? My partner particularly is very Why? upset about the casting What's of wrong Charlie. With him? Not cute enough. <laughs> I think he's cute. I mean, he's he's a child, but I think he's like plenty cute in a child way. <laughs> no, like he's he's like funny looking. But he's a teenager. Like... Teenagers are funny looking. <laughs> Fair. I didn't, I, you know what though, Charlie? Like the casting of Charlie. We have beef with his eyebrows, particularly. Oh, I love his eyebrows. He's got great eyebrows. What what problem do you have with big eyebrows? Big eyebrows are great. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're, you're biased. You're bigot. This is bigotry. Wow. <laughs> no, you know what it is, though, wow. is Charlie, as he is cast, if he was a foot taller, looks quite a lot like not one, but actually two guys who I had crushes on through like half of high school. Um, so there's maybe a little bit of a of a like that's fair explanation there no i felt that charlie or that nick was not big and soft enough i felt that he was too angular mm-hmm. that's fair i don't know if i was even paying attention to that i just felt like his face i have to look looked, him up again like looked correct like his face <laughs> looked correct to me <laughs> whereas charlie's face didn't look correct to me his face looked correct <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm especially laughing at that about this because my three-year-old um likes to say things are correct or not correct these days. Oh uh, no! Turning into Toby. That's okay. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm looking at Charlie again or at Nick again, and I think that he looks too much like a lesbian. <laughs> I don't mean this as an insult. I just mean that he like. He's too, like, clean-cut and angular for me. Charlie, or Nick is a little scruffier in the webcomics. Mm. You know, I wanted to see, like, a, you know, like a Peter Malark a little bit. Mm. Like, a, like somebody who looks like he has a little tummy, you know? Mm. That's sure. important. The little tummy is important to me. That's fair. <laughs> I support you. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Well, apparently even Libra placements can get huffy about eyebrows. He just, like, I feel like when I saw, like, the casting for Nick, I was like, he looks like the drawing. I, and I was like, Charlie does not. I think so. I mean, he kind of no, does, I guess. Angular. I don't he's so know. much softer in the drawings. But, I like, guess, but... Yeah. 
I don't know. He has the good himbo face. I disagree. I, you know what? We can just we can just disagree on this. We can it's agree okay. to we disagree can, and still dis- be friends. Yes, we can. I'm sure he might really win me over. Sometimes these castings, I look at them initially, and I'm like, I'm not sure. And then just the way they yeah. play them absolutely wins me over. So I am fully because, prepared like, for that to happen. Ultimately, the way they teenage actors look is not the most it's important part important, of no. their performance. <laughs> no. And no. I always feel a little bit bad <laughs> when I trash them. Um, yes. Yeah, but this is it. I'm aesthetically particular about adaptations, and we've talked about that before. I mean, same. But yeah, I'm sure that I will be won over by the performances. I think and, probably so. And then I will stop. And I will absolutely watch the hell out of it, and we'll probably talk about it. When is it coming out? I have no idea. But yes, okay. I think we should we should revisit it when it comes out. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, you know what? I just saw a picture of Kit Connor who plays nick nelson like just his wikipedia picture mm. and his hair is styled differently and i get it much more there yeah yeah and like there are certain shots where i'm like oh yeah this looks like charlie and then i'm like other ones i'm like i don't know if this like this doesn't just like it's not what i pictured but i haven't you know really seen him act so yeah um so it's, we will see it's coming out on april 22nd all right i'm excited Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, you can send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at yapodcast, and individually, I'm at thebalesosaurus. And I'm at tefferbear. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantal Thomas, Erica Stitchberry, Megan Jane, and Emmett Cameron. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, by subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by me, Tepper Adenian, and edited by Tom Zalatnai as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Bye! Bye! Hello, my name is Stefan, and please join me every week for my podcast, Some Good Friends, a show where I talk to some good friends of mine. Previous guests have included a Reiki healer, the heir to the Redenbacher popcorn throne, the person definitely not responsible for the murder hornet outbreak, and Jack Nicholson. Comes out Mondays, early in the morning. Check it out, and you might laugh. I'm October Jones, and Hi, this is... I'm Fish With Legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water. And I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish With Legs. Starring me and my best friend... <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish With Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- Fun for adults and kids. (laughs) New episodes on Mondays. 
You can find it wherever you find podcasts and, of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it. <laughs>